0: Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Schillens and Brad Forsythe.
1: It's The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. We're being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online. At AdAge.com, the advertising show is a Big Radio Midgets production. And today, our special guest for the entire uh, two hours, or most of the two hours, I should say, Mike Boylson, the executive vice president, chief marketing officer of the J. C. JCPenney Corporation, talking to uh, uh, Mike out of Plano uh, this afternoon, Brad. Also have a bunch uh, more great stuff here. We've got Patrick Meyer back with us, uh, smart activism. Jeffrey Gittinger is going to be talking about how prospects can sometimes lie to you. Can you imagine that? Uh, Andy Borowitz, um,
2: you may, uh, Brad, do you remember Jennifer Wilbanks,
1: the runaway oh, bride? Are
2: you kidding? The bride that uh, yes, exactly. bolted for the wedding? Sure. Well,
1: she's in the news with Andy again as well. Huh. And uh, let's see, a little bit later on this hour, what, what are we, you know, th- last week we looked at the good and the bad of advertising. This week, what are we focusing on?
2: We're doing bad. Oh, okay. Back and it bad. has to do with Coca-Cola. If you like Coca-Cola, stay tuned, huh? Hey, by the way, for I those like that Pepsi. may not know, well, that's true. Plano, for those that may not know, what is that? A suburb of uh, Fort Worth, Dallas. Dallas, Fort Worth, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's How where is the, that uh, the uh, for- isn't that where the Cowboys uh, play? Plano. Well, no, I, no uh, Arlington. I think they play Irving. Well, okay, whatever. Irving. Okay. The We're new the one. only two that don't know that, of course, being uh, non-Dallas Cowboy fans. Yeah, right exactly. Right. <laughs> That'd be Houston Oilers or Houston Texan fans exactly. Right. Did you see uh the interview with Jennifer Wilbanks uh right after all that happened? I can't remember. I think it was uh Katie Couric that had the interview on NBC and that girl uh she needs some help. You think so? <laughs> She's got that uh you know, blank stare and the fa- but yet the guy, I, I must hand it to you, the, the uh the husband to be is yeah. hanging in there. Yeah, we'll see how long that <laughs> He's hanging blast. in there. Yes, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to last that long, Brad. Okay, even we'll if see. it does, have yeah. they
1: rescheduled that wedding or what? Uh oh, she's
2: needing she's needing some uh, help, psychiatric help, which may be court ordered or may be part of the uh, uh, strategy on the legal uh, defense uh, team and hoping to get her uh, out of trouble. There, you know, they spent a lot of money looking for her. That's true. Doug was just suggesting that she they just might invest in
1: a leash, you know, like they that's, do with the little kids. You know, I think
2: take a chapter out of Martha, Martha Stewart's uh, you there you know, go. book and put an ankle bracelet
1: on her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or something else. That'll be True. fine.
2: Yeah.
1: You're a fan of Whole Foods, and um, and so am I. They've got a lot of great stuff there, including, believe it or not, I found one time a three-pack of beer with jalapenos in it. Three No, it was a three-pack, yes, and I, and I it wasn't a Whole Foods brand, but it was a really cool brand, and it was very good, by the way. Uh, but but private <laughs> They figured l- you could only drink three. <laughs> I don't know why they packed them in three, but they did. Very yeah. interesting. But um, uh, Wedgman's or Wegman's Basting Oil was developed uh, by the retailer, not as a knockoff of an existing national brand, but as, as an extension of the company's line of private label grocery items, Whole Foods. Trader Joe's are also uh, innovating under their own labels and developing their own brand loyalty, according to a hmm. private label industry group and in, in official. I think it's a really great idea. Well, I, I, I
2: see no downside of that. You know, I uh, I, so. I purchased their uh, house brand from time to time, which is called Three Sixty Five. They've, they've done a great job of branding that and have uh, converted a lot of the staple products that you find in Whole sure. Foods to their. Private label, and it's done well. Well, you know, uh, on a lesser scale, um, Safeway has done that as well with the Randall's chain
1: and with the Safeway, you know, Safeway brand. You can buy, and, and I guess all the food retailers have done that to a certain extent.
2: Well, you know what's interesting about that is when Safeway first bought the local uh, Texas chain, uh, I say local, based in Houston, but uh, all yeah. over the state of Texas. Uh, and when they first purchased Randall's, I thought it was a mistake to uh, put the Safeway private label in the Randall stores. I mean, you go to Randall's and you get... You, you see get on the Safeway. Shelf yeah, it's kind of yeah. like a reminder that you're not really shopping at, at Randall's, you're shopping at a... Uh,
1: at a Safeway store, store, boys and girls, yeah. 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 They still have a good look, but the the, the, the product has certainly uh, suffered a little bit, and I think their, their brand image has suffered as well, big yeah. time.
2: I mean, places like H-E-B have come up uh, uh, very, very popular now. Right. And, uh, you know, speaking of brands, Ray, one of the uh, the best brands in the newspaper industry, USA Today, the largest circulation daily newspaper in the country, is launching a technology magazine covering consumer electronics and trends. Just announced this past Thursday. What I thought was interesting about this, Ray, was that the new 60-page magazine called, you know, this is really kind of confusing. It's enough to confuse USA Today itself. But it's USA Today Now Personal Technology. Today isn't enough. You've got to put the now in there with it. But w- Today, But it'll yeah. launch... October 17th with at least 300,000 uh, copies printed, it will be sold at newsstands across the country. Hmm. With a cover price of 495, the newspaper plans to publish the magazine. This is the part that I thought was weird. the publishing once a year. Once a year, once a year. Okay. So I guess set your you know set your clocks or whatever. The That's magazine weird. will be uh, will feature articles on shopping for electronics, Q and A articles from experts, polls, and editors' picks on key products. It sounds like a little bit of repurposed content there from USA Today, perhaps. That's kind of strange. And how could
1: they do that accurately just once a year? Doesn't make that sense. That is strange, isn't We're, we're going to take a break. Uh, here's something that is not only strange, but actually it's not strange. It's just smart. It's uh, Patrick Meyer and his advice on the advertising show.
3: Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer.
4: Today I'm going to talk to you about something called smart activism. It's happening all around us, it's happening with you, it's happening with your clients, with your brands. The new empowered consumer has a range of dimensions, one of which is what I call smart activism. Let me share with you a quote from a consumer that I spoke with many months back. I say no to drugs, but yes to Canadian prescriptions. How lame is it that big pharmaceutical companies are charging my grandparents in America inflated prices for prescriptions and cheaper rates in Canada? So we have mobilized to create an on and offline groundswell that will stop this violation. What this reflects is a groundswell of activism that's helped by internet and access to information like never before. What he said was he learned about prescriptions in Canada. His grandparents were looking for cheaper prescriptions because they're on a budget. They found other people through AARP who had the same dilemma. They rallied on the Internet and are now lobbying with their politicians at election time. This is activism. Yeah, it's got pricing and value concerns underneath. But it's a whole new form of activity and thinking by people going forward. And this is just one pocket. So my headline to you is to think about the now consumer. They think a different way. Understand them and modify your business model, your marketing and advertising approach, because it's not business as usual.
3: You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing.
4: This is Patrick Meyer, CEO of NOW, and remember, the marketing revolution has begun. For more, go to nowinc.net.
1: And thank you very much, Patrick Meyer, with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show, just about to join in conversation out of Plano this afternoon, Mike Boyleson, the Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for uh, JCPenney uh, Corporation. So uh, Mike is at the office uh, today, actually, because he has two dogs and three kids, Brad, and he thought really? it might be better uh, to not have barking dogs on the show. It's Although, yeah. being dog lovers, we would not mind that. You know what I'm saying?
2: I would not mind. I'd like to alert all of our audience uh, members, uh, as well as myself and you, Ray, to get your receipts and your returns ready. Uh, he'll be on the air in, what, about four minutes, I guess. Yeah, so just a few I've minutes I've got a so couple returns her. myself. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Do you? It's, uh, no, actually, I don't. Uh, I'll no, held just- them over. You know, a real quick story. Uh, I, I was telling my wife about having Mike on today with JC Penny and my loving mother, uh, when I was a child in the 60s, she brought home, uh, and I guess we can say this, since Mike wasn't with JCPenney in the 60s, she brought home a, a birthday gift for me, and it was a, a, a polo-type shirt, and it had the Penny logo on it. It did? And I, yeah, and my and, I, and my mom has always promoted being honest. So uh-huh. uh, she goes, what do you think? And I said, well, I was really hoping for Muncingware that had the little penguins on it. Yeah, wear she was goes,
1: better.
2: Yeah, she goes, you want I said, yeah. And, you know, I was kind of in touch with logos at that time. I was probably about sixth grade. And so she goes, okay, and she took, went back to uh, J.C. Penney and got the Munson wear and brought it on. I was a happy young boy, but it caught me, to be honest with your mom, and it was my first touch with uh, branding.
1: Did actually. you ever check to see if the other shirt was maybe on Inside Out or something like that? A <laughs> That's a good question. No, would have, would have been good. <laughs> so uh, Mike Boylson will be with us in just a moment on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
0: listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. What walks downstairs a loner in pairs and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's slinky. It gives a big lift when wrapped as a gift. A very likable... Well, there's toy.
1: a retro toy if the ever day day there was one. Was a slinky. Place. Classic mm-hmm. spot with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. A special guest joining us now from the beautiful city of Plano that we've figured out is between Fort Worth and Dallas. At least we hope that's right, Mike. Mike, executive vice president and the chief marketing officer of J.C. Penney. Previously, Mike served as VP and director of market uh, planning and promotions in 1999. He selected to uh, serve on a strategic task force that led and directed the implementation of the retailer's centralization, a landmark undertaking in J.C. Penney's 100-year history. A hundred years, incredible. Boylson's background includes positions as a district manager, regional business planning manager, senior merchandising manager, and store manager, which means he swept up in the evening. He uh, joined J.C. Penney in 78 as a management trainee. Well, Mike, I'd suggest you probably worked your way through the ranks. Congratulations. Good job. What's next? you going to buy the company? <laughs>
5: No, I, I I wouldn't say that. Although I would say that I probably started a little bit lower than trainee. I actually came out of college with a degree in education, and couldn't find a job. And I started with J C Penney on the sales floor for two ninety five an hour. And I'm wow. very proud of uh, the fact of uh, starting on the sales floor. So I think it really helps to understand uh, what works at point of sale and how to interact with customers. So I'm very proud of that.
1: You're probably up to what four ninety five an hour now. And what do you, what do you do with all that money? <laughs>
5: Yeah. <laughs> uh, slightly north of that but, ok uh, good,
1: 550, that's great, congratulations welcome to the advertising show
5: thank you, thanks for having me
2: yeah, and Mike, uh, by the way uh, apparently, the you live in Plano by the way
5: uh, I actually live in a town of Fairview which is uh, north of Dallas it's about a half an hour from here
2: yeah, well, based on Ray's uh, earlier comment, there goes your credit rating. But uh, you know, hopefully, you'll still pay cash for everything. When the job of the CMO in today's world, you got to be uh, a little nervous. Uh, you you t- you stole my first question, which was about uh, being a uh, on the floor selling and in the trenches and and going all the way through the ranks to now being a CMO. Uh, and you did answer, the, you know, how helpful that was and yeah. uh, being able to have a, a perspective that many people, I would imagine, that you work with. Uh, uh, lack. Uh, how many How many others uh, in the executive suites of JCPenney come up through the ranks as you have?
5: Well, we've got a few. I think of the top uh, 20 people we have in the company, we probably have five or six. But uh, when we went through the major turnaround in the late 90s and uh, around uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, most of the people that have been around a long time uh, uh, did not make it through that transition. And so uh, one of the things we had never hired outside talent, we had always promoted from within, and that had become a real liability for us. So yeah. uh, in in the late 90s, we started bringing talent in from the outside and started really building up our management team and bringing in experts. Uh, so today I'd say that uh, our team is probably made up of uh, uh, probably two-thirds people that did not come up to the company and and maybe a third uh, that had. If you look at the you know the top twenty,
2: yeah. Well, and we're going to talk about the changes in uh, strategy and overhaul of merchandise a little bit later in the program. But uh, probably a very smart move on on Penny's part to uh, to bring in outside uh, uh, talent because you do get uh, a bit entrenched and, and begin to feed off of uh, what was always uh, the way it was, so to speak. And, and change uh, change doesn't come. Uh, easily with a company as old as uh, J.C. Penney's. You know, James Cash Penney, a lot of people, Ray, may not know that J.C. stands for James Cash. Mm-hmm. What a great name, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're going to be the CEO of what would become a, an icon of our retail industry. But J.C. C., J. Penney was quoted as saying, uh, profits must come through public confidence, and public confidence is given to any merchant in proportion to the service which he gives to the public. I'm, I'm curious, this quote By the way, came from a 1930 speech that uh, J.C. Penney gave. Uh, In in today's retail world, public confidence is this something that has become less important, especially uh, when consumers are are shopping price, and and especially in a a less than robust economy.
5: I think it's more important than ever. Uh, I think the the uh, the public expects companies to conduct themselves honestly and fairly, and I think they penalize. Uh, companies and retailers that take advantage of them. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the challenges is to turn around the perception of a 103 year old brand. Uh, but one of the good things about being 103 years old is I would say that our company is, is very grounded in trust, quality, fairness, uh, those types of attributes that we don't want to let go of. Uh, we need to be perceived as more current, modern, and relevant, but at the same time, it, it, it's crucial that we hold on to the moral fiber that this company was founded on.
2: No, I, I couldn't agree more, and it's not as easy, uh, easier said than done, because that is quite tricky to hold on to a a, a well-known brand and what every what everyone knew J.C. Penney to stand for, but yet transition to a. Uh, a new brand in in 2005 and and as i mentioned we'll get get into that in just in a second describe mike if you would uh, the jc penny target market for us both uh, quantitatively and and qualitatively
5: well i would say qualitatively uh... we're targeting uh middle America, and and, uh... our our target customer is a woman uh... eighty percent of our buying decisions are are made by women and so we are targeting women in the moderate income bracket that are seeking style for herself her family and her home and uh... if i was going to say uh... from a a demographic standpoint uh... thirty five to fifty uh... four years old With annual household incomes between 35,000 and 85,000 would uh, define the middle market, but I would qualify that strongly by saying that uh, more and more we see attitude playing a much larger part in the equation than age and income. Uh, Although income does uh, limit customers' choices to a certain degree, we're finding more and more that it's attitude, and we see, we're seeing that customers everywhere, regardless of income, are aspirational and they're willing to trade up in certain areas. And so who we are uh, catering to is uh, the the moderate customer who wants the best that department stores and specialty stores have but at a moderate price, And, and that really is the heart of what we're aiming at.
2: Well, it's an interesting uh, statistic there. Eighty percent of decisions are made by women, not not including the uh, children's wear, because we would expect uh, that to be made uh, by the mom, so to speak. But when it comes to adult uh, men's fashion and women's, I, I would assume that it's not an eighty twenty mix. Even though eighty percent of the uh, decisions uh, obviously are coming from women, are, are a lot of the women customers at J.C. Penney buying for their husbands?
5: Uh, more and more, one of the interesting trends that's emerged very strongly in the last several years is men are more and more shopping for themselves. I would say if you went back you know, 10 years ago, you probably would have saw more women buying for their husbands, but today uh, men are much more savvy as shoppers themselves, so even though our primary target is women, we do recognize that uh, men are an underserved market and not a lot of people are talking to men. So. Uh, the fact that we do uh, utilize certain tactics to talk to men's, so we have a very strong uh, men's business. And uh, I would say certainly in men's, um, uh, that number would, would shift much more. Probably 60% of men are shopping for themselves.
1: I also want to say, Brad, I think your wife picked out a very nice turquoise uh, shirt and short set for you today. It's well, very you. attractive. It's thank cute. you very much. We'll be back uh, with more with Ray Shillens and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Mike Boylson is our special guest, Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of J.C. JCPenney. Back in just a minute.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show.
2: Mm-hmm, the Del Monte tomato sauce.
3: So, shall I ring it up? Yes, thank you. Fourteen cans. Yes, they're great Christmas stocking stuffers. Christmas?
1: Oh, I know. I'm rushing the season, but those green Del Monte cans and the bright red tomatoes—handsome, inexpensive.
3: I see, and then you use them for the cooking afterwards cooking so del monte tomato sauce is meant for cooking not just for nice red and green christmas stocking stuffers oh, no. it's the advertising
1: oh, show with ray shillings and it's brad forsyth i'm always uh, happy to have del monte here in the studio uh, with us as mm-hmm. a classic spot and a special guest mike boylson executive vice president and uh, chief marketing officer of uh, jc penny out of uh, plano texas and uh, but before before we get back here brad we're going to check in with uh, jeffrey gittimer listen to this makes a lot of sense as always <laughs>
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey.
6: Psst, psst. Hey, come here. I've got a secret to tell you. Sometimes prospects during the sale will lie to you. (laughs) Sometimes they'll stall you. Sometimes they won't even tell you the real reason they won't purchase. When a prospect gives you some lame excuse or a stall about why they won't buy, what they're really saying is, not yet. There's two basic types of stalls, people stalls and thing stalls. Thing stalls are when the prospect says, I'm too busy now, your price is too high, I've got too many other obligations. It's frustrating, isn't it? You want to make the stall go away? Simple. Here's the strategy. Isolate the stall of the objection as the only obstacle and then eliminate it from the situation by asking, what if it were gone or was not the situation? Would you buy then? Isolating and eliminating creates a new situation and a possible sale. Here's an example. The prospect says, I don't have the money. And you say, well, if you had the money, would you buy? The best way to handle a stall or an objection is take it away and consider new options or solutions. If you say if it wasn't for and then insert the stall, the price, the timing of the workload, other obligations, would you buy it? The isolation process is powerful, and it's a powerful way of getting to the truth, finding out the real objection, and in about 30% of the cases, actually making the sale. Now let's talk about those people stalls. Oops, out of time. Next week. We get back uh, in connection with Mike
1: Boylson now here on the Advertising Show. Mike is Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of J.C. JCPenney. Mike, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Well, that was exciting,
2: wasn't it, Ray? It well, doesn't sound like he's too excited to be back on the show, you think? Well, I don't know. I hope you are.
5: <laughs> well, that was kind of a closed-in statement. I wasn't quite sure where to go with that. Okay.
2: Well, that's right. okay. You go wherever we lead you,
5: by okay. the way. Oh,
2: you mean he he didn't like going after the your ad sucks thing. I got you. Okay. Uh, and okay. by the way. Okay. No, they
1: were talking about Sears, not Jason Well, Peter, that's okay? true. That's fine.
2: And by the way, as far as next week's people st- stall that uh, Gettemer's going to do, yeah. a little hint. I don't have a problem with it. Ray has a problem with it. Talk to Ray about it, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then try and get a hold of Ray. <laughs> that's true. He loves voicemail. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, J.C. Penny and the new strategy behind the overall of the merchandise and, and operations for your company. What what was the reasoning behind this, Mike?
5: Well, you'd have to, to really understand it, you'd have to go back to the turnaround because in the late 90s we were really in trouble and as you know we were decentralized. In other words, the stores were buying the merchandise and so we weren't leveraging our size and our comp sales were declining and our profit had almost totally eroded in the late 90s and so uh, our stock had gone from a high of about $78 a share to below $10 a share and we were in desperate trouble. Uh, and we were literally fighting for survival so, uh, in one thousand nine hundred and ninety nine a small team was formed to uh, engineer the move to centralization, which we called act, which was ex- accelerating change together and Uh, I actually served on that team of uh, seven people, and then uh, February 1st of 2001, we flipped the switch and became a centralized organization. So everybody's role changed. Uh, The stores were focused more on execution, customer service, and associate relations, and we now started shipping centrally. But we didn't have the right buyers in place, and we didn't have the technology and tools in place. And so we really struggled through it for the first couple of years, but uh, got ourselves Uh, back on our feet and so the first four years we really successfully uh, implemented the turnaround, became a centralized company and I would say went from a very tough position to being back in the game and to a good company and that's kind of where we stood going into this year Um, and then early this year uh, we announced our new long range plan which is the next five year vision which we think uh, will take us from a good company to hopefully a great company again.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you talk about uh, customer service. But would you uh, would you happen to agree that, uh, as we have talked before, that in a lot of cases, like a company like JCPenney, uh, it really does come down to merchandise, merchandising and the, the, the brands that are, or the private labels that you carry, even though, of course, you've got to have the customer service elements and the, a bit of the – uh... the right retail environment but really merchandise is what drives uh... drives success in in your industry wouldn't you say
5: i would totally agree with that because uh... you know the greatest ad campaign in the world doesn't mean anything if the product doesn't deliver and if you don't have something compelling and you don't have a point of difference uh, there's a lot of sea of sameness out in retailing today, and you only have to walk the malls, especially the department stores, to see that. And so you're absolutely right. You have to uh, figure out how you break through and create points of difference that the customer gives you credit for and recognizes uh, and uh, hopefully rewards you for that.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit about J.C. Penney's big seven private brands, including the uh, billion-dollar brand J.C. Penney Home Collection. Uh, you, you've talked about how important top-quality private-label brands are in carrying. Uh, uh, in in uh, attracting uh, customers today, right. when it comes to uh, putting your own company name on a private label, right. uh, what's uh, is that worth the risk and the money and the effort? What are your thoughts on that?
5: Mike? I would say yes. I'd say first of all, it's, you have to understand the difference between a private label and a private brand. Uh, I would say we've had some uh, great private labels, and there's and about forty percent of our businesses with private labels. The advantage is you obviously get great sourcing efficiencies. Uh, it's something that can't be duplicated, and so there's a lot of great financial reasons for running private brands or private labels. But a private brand is a brand that really stands on its own as a brand. And the JCPenney Home Collection, which you cited, uh, is a good example. It's actually almost a $2 billion brand uh, since we've launched Chris Madden as part of that collection. But, yes, when you put your name on something and, you know, our heritage in software, Home has been very strong. It's been one of our our strengths in the market, and so uh, that's the only uh, private brand that we associate our name directly to is the J C Penney Home Collection.
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned Chris Madden, and and you have other famous designers, Colin Cowie and Nicole Miller, just to mention a right. few. You know, it, it's no uh, it's no secret. Uh, Kmart's uh, really based an entire turnaround, in, in my opinion, on. Uh, designers such as Martha Stewart and Isaac Mizrahi and, and a few others. And, you know, uh, would it be fair to say that maybe you uh, took a little bit of the, the success and the idea from Target's uh, private label strategy and, and incorporated that into the new penny strategy?
5: Well, I would say Chris Madden was the first uh, major introduction we had, and really, we were more addressing a big void we had in the home area. We uh, desperately needed a uh, a more current line of merchandise, and Chris had a very strong point of view, and she brought uh, a lot of design capability to the table. So, really, when Chris Madden first came along, it was really more to address uh, the void that we had in the home assortment, and and obviously her name and her experience in decorating it a lot of credibility so uh, I would say uh, to do it just to you know mimic a competitor probably isn't a good reason but in this case Chris was just a very good fit for us and it's turned out to be an extremely successful line she's added an awful lot to the collection uh Nicole Miller uh we launched uh, earlier this year which is a an updated um, women's uh casual uh brand casual to career brand it kind of bridges that gap and she brought enormous uh designer credibility and so that's why we signed Nicole
2: well, and uh, so again, just uh, are you are you following the lead of Kmart? Do you think a little bit? Would you be willing to admit that
5: I would say no i wouldn 't say we 're following the lead of Kmart at all. In fact, I think if you look today there's there 's so many celebrity attachments to so much product. Uh, I really think the customer's getting a little bit jaded out there, and they're starting to see through that. Uh, at the end of the day, the product has to stand on its own, and it's got to yeah. be a, a designer that really has credibility, and, and you know, not just a name and a face that you're slapping on product. But uh, no, we were definitely not following Kmart when we uh, signed Chris Madden. The only problem okay. with Chris
1: Madden at this particular point in time, Brad, is that uh, she's never worn an ankle bracelet. Well,
5: no, that's uh, true.
1: But, uh, no, that's good. She's uh, incredibly uh, good on television as well uh, for the you know the DIY time. Yeah. Type sec as well. We've got uh, our special guest, Mike Boylson, Executive Vice President, CMO, J.C. Penney, out of uh, Plano. And we are going to be talking uh, with Mike again next hour. We're going to take a break, though, first. And we'll be back with uh, not good advertising, but bad advertising with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
2: Here are some most
1: happy
4: fellas, the four lads for Ford. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by.
1: It's the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and it just goes to show you that... Not just recently did they start using commercial music in commercials, hmm. okay? True. It was, uh, that goes way back. That would be probably, uh, late fifties maybe? Yeah. So early sixties. Yeah. something like yeah. that. We've got Mike Boylson back with us next hour. Uh, Mike is executive vice president, CMO JCPenney, and, uh, we'll talk more with, uh, with Mike. That really is incredible. 103 years old, that store. Oh. You know, you think of stores like, um, Montgomery Ward went bye bye.
2: Monkey Warts.
1: Uh, monkey Warts, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, they, they. I'm not comparing them to J.C. Penny, but uh, but it's no. just interesting when you see a brand like that, that has been around for so
2: long, go away. Very no. interesting. I think the smartest thing that I heard Mike say, even though I, I was trying to, uh, I was using my Mike Wallace questioning there towards the end on that Kmart angle, which he didn't, he, he st- stood firm on that. But uh, yeah. the... Uh, <laughs> Which I thought was a compliment, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, what I thought was interesting was the hiring outside of, of J.C. Penney. I think that's uh, really the key, I think, in the turnaround, uh, and that's what can happen with an old line company that uh, stays within the confines of its walls with regards to its, with regard to its mindset right. and its strategy and so forth. Interestingly, uh, real quickly before we jump into the uh, advertising, Garth Brooks Ray has signed a multimillion-dollar uh, exclusive pact with Wal- uh, Walmart. Uh, making the retailer and its uh, two other companies, Sam's Club and Walmart.com, the only places where his music will be commercially available, which I thought was very interesting. The deal with Brooks wow, uh, marks the first time ever an artist has aligned himself or herself with uh, an entire catalog uh, with one particular chain. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. But I mean, it's the strength of the retail. Uh, the retail channel—it's a—it's a—it's a great example of the strength of a retail channel such as Walmart, and what you can, uh, what you can do when you align yourself with such. So we'll see how that yes. how that works it's out. Cool, Girth, or as they used to say yeah. in his heavier days, Girth
1: Brothers Brooks. Brooks? That's yeah. that seems to me to be putting all your eggs in one basket. and I don't think that's such a very well, smart move. If you,
2: if you had to, that would be the basket. Well, obviously, it, in,
1: it, it connects with the brand. He is definitely yeah. a Walmart brand. There's no well, that's, doubt about
2: true. It. that's true. Uh, that's true. Are you suggesting he's Targeting the trailer mark market uh, trailer uh, court, I'm he's the trailer court market. I'm suggesting he's <laughs> aligning
1: himself uh, very well with the with the demographic yes, of the, the people collar, who shop yes. at that particular store. True, stores. I, I, I was in
2: was a Walmart the other day. Were you really? Yep. What were you doing in the Walmart yesterday? Uh, seeing how the rest of the world lived. I see. <laughs> it was a marketing research. Marketing research. Marketing research. Yeah, I got four people. You went in Go to ahead. pick
1: up some Doritos or something like that. I know.
2: My, actually, you're reading my wife's mind. It was uh, uh, not. It was the the corn uh, corn the Doritos. Yeah. yeah well, no, there. the cor- You know, the little uh, corn curl. Tostitos. Fendels. Exactly. Okay. And she tried to offer Fritos. me one. I said, "Haven't had one since I was a teenager. Not starting today." <laughs> the
1: only, the only good things of uh, Tostitos or Fritos is chili pie. Good idea. <laughs> true. Let's yeah. let's get into uh, let's get into the not so good. It's it's the downside of advertising.
0: And now it's time for the bad advertising item of the week.
2: And I'm pretty sure this is probably not about J.C. Penny, So let's go ahead and get this out. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Right, no, you know, it's been out for a while. I like that. A lot of times, we we feature uh, spots that are about to come out. This has been out for a while, so a lot of our audience uh, has probably seen the uh, spot that uh, we're going to talk about today from Coca-Cola, and it's uh, entitled the Chill Top spot. The spot begins, if you haven't seen it, with a close-up shot of a young man strumming his guitar and doing a rap version of the old Hilltop commercial. You remember that, Ray? I'd like to buy the sure World Coat with the yeah. group deal going. Right. Well, it just so happens the, the guy on the guitar happens to be the music artist G-Love. Uh, so G-Love goes into his rap version of the old ballad, I'd like to give the world a, a, a little break, is what he says. And if you give me a little background on some rap, uh, Ray, I can read this. One, two, three. I missed that, era. that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he, his his lyrics go: uh, I'd like to give the world a little break, put a smile on your face as I erase the stress from the rat race, so you can chill and you check your mic because it's a thrill. Takes some time to enjoy the real thing. So I say, anyway, it's a it's a thing that young kids would certainly enjoy if you've seen it. And, and then the chorus uh, breaks in, and the kids that are sitting around watching. G. Love plays guitar, all joining in to sing, I'd like to teach the world to chill, and they go on and on from that. And, of course, instead of being on a hilltop, if you've seen the spot, these kids are on top of a rooftop in some generic uh, anywhere USA, urban environment. So, G-Love continues to do his rapping, and you see the other kids joining in from time to time, and occasionally quick cuts of the new Coke Zero bottle, which you've talked about here on the show, mm-hmm. Ray. And right. and uh, then at the end of the spot, the entire group raises their Coke Zero bottles to toast to the heavens as they sing. It's a, it's a simple thing, what the world wants today, and the ending graphics goes into everybody chill, real Coca-Cola taste in the world, and the word nothing underneath the uh, tagline, and also, not to be Left out, they have a uh, website, a microsite, worldchill.com, yeah. and when you and when you visit that, that's kind of an interesting thing. We'll leave that for another time. But uh, although the spot, Ray, is very well done, and if you've seen it, I think you would agree, and it does a great job of updating Coke's famous '71 version of "I'd Like to Buy the World of Coke." But the new lyrics, uh, I'd like to teach the world to chill. I don't know about you, Ray, but I think the the cliche chill. Uh, for young people is way like, you know, it's like they don't use that anymore. It's kind of like yeah. wearing your hat backwards, you know. When uh-huh. when, when the kids, uh, when people over 30 started wearing their hats backwards, that's when the young people quit doing it. But they just put it off to the side now. Really that's exactly really stupid, right. you got to do it differently. I think I heard Joan Rivers use the word chill the other day. Of course. But uh, it was about her face being frozen or mm-hmm. something. But anyway, the... the uh, uh, what, what makes this new version of American pop culture risky, in my opinion, is Coke's uh, attempt to contemporize and recycle the original commercial while young people might not even get the historical reference uh, to the original spot. Of course they won't. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if we, if we should be expecting a Coke spot featuring Mean Joe Green tossing his uh, jersey here soon to... P. Diddy Combs, which now, of course, is only known as Diddy. But anyway, uh, on a positive note, uh, again, a compliment. Well-produced, well-executed, created a microsite, which is a great idea, but I think the strategy Behind leveraging the 71 version of this spot is an attempt to connect with the uh, young people is a bit of a stretch. So that's why they are awarded our advertising item of the week. And, by the way, that's Crispin Porter in Bogusky, Miami. So it just goes to show you a great agency like Crispin Mm -hmm. for Burger King and other great commercials, uh, 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 brands, I should say, Mini Cooper, uh, occasionally uh, will be highlighted here. As of the bad advertising.
1: Well, they were copying uh, Kmart and Target, as you stated before. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Mike uh, Boylson coming back here in just a, a little while. About 20 passes No, he hasn't left. He's yeah. right there. I can see Is him. he in the green room? Uh, it's, uh, he's on the green line. Uh, let's put it that way. Okay. Executive Vice President, CMO, Penny Corporation. Uh, next week, by the way, we're going to have Joe Jaffe, author of Life After the 32nd Spot, and that should be very interesting. So we'll see. Then he'll write a book, Life After the 15-second spot and so on and so right. forth to follow Maybe that a up. a shorter version, though. Exactly. <laughs> the Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You can go online, by the way, and uh, go to theadvertisingshow.com. You might be listening to it online right now. Uh, but you can also take advantage of podcasts in the RSS feeds. We'll tell you about that next hour. Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at at adage.com, that is. So next hour, more with Mike Boylson. We also have Andy Borowitz in the Wacky World of Marketing, too. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.
0: Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe.
1: It is our number 2 of the Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at com. the advertising show of Big Radio Midgets production. This hour, in addition to uh, bringing Mike Boylson back, Executive Vice President, CMO, JC Penny, We've got uh, Andy Borowitz on the way and the Wacky World of Marketing as well, too. A lot of great stuff going on, so hope we can stick around for that. Hey, Brad, there's uh, something here. This is out of, uh, where is that, the Wall Street Journal this past week. It says, as another round of freshmen arrive at their respective colleges, retailers like Bed, Bath & Beyond, Linens and & Things, and the Container Store are actually setting up prototypes in dorms to help the students decide on what items they want to purchase. Is that's not smart or what? A great idea. Yeah, you what know, says one retail analyst notes from uh, decorating uh, dorm decorating has taken on a new life as young adults become more fashion conscious. Uh, the uh, mm. National Retail Federation estimating that consumers spent two point six billion last year decorating college dorm rooms and apartments. And you know all that stuff just went with them because you can't do anything to a dorm room
5: uh, that <laughs>
1: remains permanent or undoable. So it's, right. that's kind of a cool concept.
2: Though. Well, you know, back when we were in college, it was uh, a bar of uh, Irish Spring, if you could spring for it, or yeah. just zest or ivory, mm-hmm. and then maybe some uh, Right Guard, and you're pretty much there. <laughs> Don't forget the pizza; gotta have that <laughs> too, right? Exactly. Well, that's really smart. That's smart uh, marketing. And, I think uh, so too. So they put the products in there as well for the toiletries and things for, for the kids to use. So little, little, uh, you know, travel size. So then they run out; they have to go buy a big one. <laughs>
1: I don't know exactly That'd be how that. a good that.
2: idea. It's a great idea, though. I
1: think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You remember when we had uh, John Osborne, uh, BBDO New York, uh, president and CEO uh, on the show? Uh, I guess when we were at the uh, Addy Awards Conference in Nashville last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is still summer, a few months ago. Uh, and what was crazy about that, we also had him as a guest on the show several months before that. But what's crazy about this is I, I saw in last week's uh, Ad Age, BBDO West, uh, is to be managed. As announcement here that uh, BBDO West is to be managed from the east, which uh, Omnicom Group's BBDO in a move to cut cost, has placed management of its West Coast operations under its New York office, which I guess means Osborne's going to have to work a little harder. Yeah. Uh, but uh, long-term BBDO West uh, President Tom Hollabrook uh, is leaving the agency, which has 100 employees in San Francisco and L.A. Peter Sherman, 42, Senior Account Director at New York, at the New York office, will become managing director of the two shops and report to Andrew Robertson, president and CEO of BBDO Worldwide, and uh, president and CEO of BBDO North America, which uh, is interesting because I guess uh, John Osborne uh, gets out of a little work there since he's just headed up their New York office. Okay. I see. Yeah. Well, I almost had him working harder there for a moment, but I guess uh, Mr. Robinson, the president and CEO of the worldwide operation, is taking over there.
1: They've also put uh, trailer hitches on all of the executive cars as well.
2: It's uh, a nervous time to be in, yeah. uh, you know, with Gray, gray Worldwide and uh, going through a few uh, struggles here and there with uh, uh, acquisition, and then uh, now BBDO shutting down their West Coast office. Oh, very interesting.
1: Yeah, so I'll need to move to Houston. It'll be, it'll Maybe be we'll fine.
2: get a scoop today that uh, J.C. Penney is firing uh, Dog, uh, DDB uh, Chicago. Maybe we'll get that announcement out.
1: I don't think so. we we'll Mike. We could ask Mike, but I'm certainly sure he would decline that. Uh. Maybe
2: we can put out an RFP for, uh, you know, maybe any new agencies that we might want to pitch the JCPenney account.
1: (laughs) It is review time, isn't it? (laughs) We'll have to ask him about that. We have a feature here on the advertising show. It's Jeffrey Gittimer. You heard it last hour. His uh, his closing statement is if nobody responds to your ad, it's probably because your ad sucks, right? Well, Echo Star must be a fan of the show. Echo Star Communications is launching a, a nationwide ad campaign for Dish Network satellite TV service mm-hmm. that says that its cable competitors suck. <laughs> the company is also unveiling a new red logo and the slogan, Better TV for for All, as part of its rebranding efforts. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a really positive rebranding effort, though. You know, you know I mean?
2: it's, it's funny that you say that because last month I remember front page uh, Ad Age, and again, I'm mentioning Ad Age only because uh, we subscribe to it, not because... Uh, uh, they are a national sponsor because we look for many sources for our information. But a headline on the front page: "You suck," and it had to do with uh, Dyson, Hoover, and Oric uh, uh, having a bunch of uh, problems in court right now. In mm. uh, yeah, apparently there's some problems over uh, Dyson and some of the claims that they're making, and uh, Orrick and Hoover are getting together, and you know, some some major lawsuits going on. So, you suck is apparently a suck is a, a it's, a, it's, a, it's
1: of, a buzzword. Yes, it's kind of yeah. like what you were saying before. Chill. Yeah, it's it's still so <laughs> one syllable, so it's easy to understand, and that's right. fine. And and the Dyson, I, I, I I've not used a Dyson, so I can't say from practical experience, but I know he's awfully proud of his va- vacuum, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you can get them a lot cheaper, and <laughs> they seem I'm to fr- work just as well. Thank you. Very I had much. never
2: heard of a Dyson before I read this article. I have Hoover and and Oreck, of course, but yeah. Dyson's more of a British product. But uh, you, you'd, you're familiar with that?
1: With the Dyson? Oh yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. As far as uh, it, uh,
2: you know, they, it's it's a pretty good it's apparently a pretty good vacuum. But again, it's very very pricey. Well, apparently does uh, doesn't lose suction ever, which is their uh, mantra. Their ad slogan is <laughs> the big challenge there. How could that be? It doesn't <laughs> lose suction ever. That I don't was know. a long time. What yeah. if
1: you, what if you uh, unplug it? I suppose it would lose suction. Yeah, that turn point it off. Um, Switching to uh, late night. By the way, we've got Mike Boylson coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Late night uh, uh, shift is going to cable. We knew that, though. I mean, you know, that, that, that's happening. I mean, uh, what they're saying is edgy uh, shows like The Daily Show with John Stewart and the Cartoon Network's animated comedy block eroding the viewership of network talk shows 11P to 1A, uh, Jay and Dave still command mass audiences and the top advertising dollars, uh, but desirable young male viewers are increasingly turning to cable for their late-night entertainment. How very inter- mm. interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, when you think about it, I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't imagine that uh, Letterman and, and Leno have that much of uh, a young, uh, young appeal, uh, yet the uh, shows that follow that, the late-late uh, with... Uh, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And then the other guy that follows Letterman, I can't remember his name, but he's a new guy there that they've uh, picked up. The That's late British show. guy. Yeah. And he was funny. Have you seen any of that? No, I really haven't. He's pretty funny, actually. Hmm. Conan, of course, is slated to take over for Leno uh, in, like, what, two, three years, something like that? Something
1: like that, about the same time that Stern switches over to Sirius or XM or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, no, it's actually, it's like, why are you projecting two, three years out that Conan's taking over for Leno? I mean, talk about, you know, getting ready. Let's get ready three years from now. I mean, come on. That's weird. Anyway, yeah, but uh, I do like Conan's hair. So he's got that big hair going.
1: I That is the most unappealing late-night talk show host I've ever seen. <laughs> And I don't, I, I do not figure out. Yeah, they're, what are they making up for Leno's chin on the
2: other other side of his head, there, well, or something, or what? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't understand that at all. Do he, not. Understand. He was a writer for uh, for Saturday Night Live for many years, and he's basically coming through the writing uh, writing side of the business, and did some stand up, and this was his first gig, and uh, he's uh, he's unusual. He's got a bit of a cult following. I don't know how that's ever going to transition to. Uh, to the uh, uh, major uh, Tonight Show audience, but we'll see.
1: We got a flash in from our information source. Apparently, Conan was uh, ready to, to walk to another network if he didn't oh, get the gig. So kind of like a little to, kid throwing his tantrum. You see, had to do the advance. We'll book you in oh, three come years. Come on, God, we'll keep you. Come on.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh well. But uh, anyway, well, I, I think it's real interesting to see the erosion of uh, of mainstream television and uh, what cable is doing to it. It really is absolutely incredible, and I, I think mm-hmm. it'll continue to. You know, escalate as we move along here. We've got, uh, what do we got? About 30 seconds, I guess, don't we? Uh, real quick Mercedes Benz has lost its luster among luxury cars. We talked about that. Always. Record setting sales in July, but uh, still lying behind Lexus, Cadillac, BMW. And American Honda's uh, Motors Acura. Automaker's been hampered by its. Decision to introduce a line of lower-end cars. We talked about that, too. Oops, that's a mistake. As well as some quality issues as well. Well, that's like we were talking about Jaguar being a a brand now that is manufactured and marketed by Ford. Mm -hmm. It is not a, uh, uh, you know, what does that do to the uh, Jaguar brand?
2: Well, you don't want your busboy driving the same brand you're driving to be waited on by your waiter.
1: True. Mike Boylson, Executive Vice President, CMO, JCPenney Corporation, back in uh, just a minute with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
5: Congratulations, Mrs. Benditson. You're the mother of a future president. Well, name him...
0: Stanley. Well, Stanley,
4: boy, what do you want to be when you grow up?
0: I want to be governor of New York. Your father and I have decided, Stanley. You'll go to college right here, and until you know what you want, you'll be in pre-med. Yes, mother.
4: Stanley, I want my daughter to have a good life. Yes, sir. And as soon as you two are married, you'll join my company as a partner.
1: But, sir, I don't know anything about belts and purses. What's to know? You'll learn, like I did. We can't take a vacation. It's my big purse season. It's been the big purse season for ten
0: years, Stanley.
1: Now that I've sold the purse business, Helen, maybe we can have some excitement in our
0: lives. Like what, Stanley? Well, we could... I don't
6: know. We are gathered here to pay our last respects to Stanley Benditson, beloved husband of Helen.
5: We
0: at
6: Shady Nook Retirement Village all
5: knew Stanley
6: as something more than a good gin rummy player. Isn't it
1: sad to live your whole life and never make a wave or rock a boat? join the Peace Corps.
2: He also had the lowest cholesterol count in his cabin.
1: We'd like to play that commercial for our clients who say we've got to get our name in the first few seconds of the right. spot, or right. else nobody's going to listen to it. Correct. Right. So it's a wonderful example of a, a great, great spot. Yeah. And uh, Classic Hat here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth as we bring back uh, Mike Boylson into the studio's... Via phone out of Plano, Executive Vice President, CMO, JCPenney Corporation. Mike, we are so happy to have you for uh, these two hours. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday to join us.
5: Well, thanks for having me. It's it's a great show. I enjoy listening to it.
2: Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And as Ray said, whenever you have plenty of things to do on Sunday, the three, three, uh, two dogs and three kids, was that it?
5: Actually, five kids. Five kids. Five kids. kids. And I think You're the counting. dog count might be up to three by now.
2: <laughs> if, you, if you're not sure, you have a large backyard. So, uh, well, that's, uh, again, Watch where you, got, you step, Mike. That's okay. true. Yeah. You've got plenty to do and to join us and, and uh, share with our audience your wisdom and, and uh, advice is uh, great, and, and thank you so much for that. Uh, and I guess uh, DDB Chicago, they're doing a good job for you. We, do we need some other agencies to, to give you a ring Monday morning? What do you, what do you think?
5: Yeah, that would be great. In fact, that's exactly <laughs> what we need. We probably get about two or three uh, agencies every day that want to help us with our branding, so I'm sure. <laughs> please uh, I'm sure. don't unleash that on us, but no well, DDB's been a good partner and we're happy with the work they, they, they're doing for us
2: and, You know, I, I was thinking uh, before today's uh, interview about how often you guys must get called and, and have agencies trying to take a shot at you and uh, you know, being a highly visible brand such as JCPenney uh, I would imagine you avoid uh, uh, advertising conventions or any kind of situations where you end up getting in front of people that want to Tell you about how great their uh, their company is and what they can do to to help J C Penny, right?
5: Well, I try to get out, and um, I do listen uh, to some people that that come through. And usually, if I get a a solid endorsement from somebody I respect a lot, we'll listen because a lot of times you can learn even by listening to them. There's something to be gained by doing that, and you never know when situations change. So. We do listen, but time is very tough, and so um, we're very selective about who we actually sit down and talk to, but we do listen.
2: Well, that's good advice, by the way, if you are a supplier of of any marketing service uh, organization, referral, uh, third-party endorsement, these are all good ways to to make inroads to other clients. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the effectiveness of print advertising, in particular newspaper, which, of course, has been a long Uh, long been a stable of retail, for for retail, I should say. Newspapers across America, it's no secret, have been uh, struggling and under a great deal of scrutiny lately. Uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about newspaper advertising and as it uh, plays a role in the overall marketing and media mix for uh, for JCPenney.
5: Well, as you know, we are a promotional retailer and so uh, we do promote aggressively and and we play a big role in driving traffic into our stores and the preprint, which is the circular that's in the newspaper on Sundays and and weekends, uh, is still the foundation of what we do on the promotional advertising side. So, I would say even though there's some Uh, Probably some long-term issues with where the newspaper is going. Still today, it's the backbone of what we do, and it's still very effective in driving uh, short-term traffic into the store.
2: Well, yeah, you know it's interesting you say that because three years ago, no secret to you that uh, J.C. Penney's advertising was almost exclusively promotional, and today you're now focusing more on on the branding of JCPenney and uh, able to, as you pointed out, Mike, to differentiate JCPenney from other retailers right. in, in doing so. Uh, I'm curious, how, how do you manage a, a balance and uh, between brand building and promotionally fo- focused marketing?
5: What a great question. That's, that's probably the thing that uh, never leaves my mind, because uh, we do have a dual role. Um, in marketing, the function in our uh, company is very important. We plan the daily sales. We pull the merchandise divisions together and package it into something that makes sense to a customer, and then we pull together all the store execution issues. So that's still the the heart of what we do. But to your point, we have been evolving over the last two years and doing more branding. and uh, In the turnaround phase that I articulated in the first part of the show, we were almost exclusively promotional and I would say in 2004 we started doing some serious branding and it was the best year we've had in the last uh, four years and this year we're continuing to build on that so we're clearly migrating our message to have more balance between promotional and branding but uh, it's very tough because we have uh, although we have a large budget it's it's still flat we don't have the luxury of just adding and so we have to make a lot of tough choices and and balancing those two without hurting top line sales is 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 uh is probably the toughest thing
2: that we do yeah and we're not here to validate this and you and I talked off the air uh, earlier this uh, week about uh, budgets and so forth the figures I'm seeing last year for for JC Penney, for our audience that may be interested when they hear Mike talk about his budget uh, three hundred and sixty eight million dollars is a figure that we see uh, uh, being batted around there we're not again we're not here to say that that's exactly uh the figure but it's you know <laughs> if it's if it's off by 10 or 20 million it's to, it's a hefty figure uh you know you uh, it's always easy i guess or certainly easier to uh, be able to monitor the success or, f- or failure of promotionally focused marketing because your numbers come in after your sales event, uh, right. and you're able to tally that. But when it comes to branding, I think there's a little more of a challenge in gauging an ROI. How, how does a new co- a new branding effort, as J.C. JCPenney now has underway, how, how does a company that's, that hasn't been really that focused on branding, how, how do they gauge their o- R- ROI and, and make sure that they are spending their money wisely in that area?
5: uh we do it a couple of ways one we have we have a very um well developed uh consumer research group in house and we do a lot of uh Surveys. We have a customer scorecard that we've initiated that we've had for the last uh, few years uh, across a number of points, including uh, image, and, and we do trace that every quarter and report results. And that's one way we look at it. Um, and the other way is also through new customer acquisition. We also our branding efforts are really reaching out to new customers, customers that have not shot pennies, and so we track that through new customer acquisition and the health of our file and uh we've we've seen a significant turnaround in the health of our files so we know we're getting uh, new customers, but it is a bit of a leap of faith, and uh, you do intuitively know that you have to do the branding, and I think the key is to be very focused, very surgical about where you go, and then, uh, you know, try to measure it those ways, but it's not an exact science, and, and you know, there, it is, uh, it's an issue we struggle with all the time.
1: Back in just a minute here on the advertising show, our special guest is Mike Boylson, uh, Executive Vice President. And CMO at JCPenney Corporation, along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. More on the way. Stick around.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. When you say, but... You've said a lot of things nobody else can say When you say but
6: You've gone as far as you can go To get the very best
2: You can when sing along you with that if you'd like
1: Here on the advertising show Rachel and Forsyth Our special guest is Mike uh, Boylson Executive Vice President CMO JC JCPenney Corporation We're going to get back into a conversation With Mike here in, in just a moment But we're going to make some time right now For the uh, wacky world of marketing And here we go
0: and now. It's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott.
3: Our Wacky Update heads to India, where Ananova reports a firm renting out wedding guests says business is booming. The Best Guest Center is looking to expand. The company caters for families who fear they will fall short of guests at weddings. It either hires out guests traditionally dressed or wearing smart western clothes according to requirements and budget. The guests dance and try to impress with their etiquette without letting anyone know they're being paid for it a spokesperson says the breakup of joint families and lack of affection among relatives also causes a demand for paid guests such families need to hire guests to make up for the fewer number of relatives available for attending the marriage and that my friends is the wacky world of marketing.
0: This program was written and produced by Bruce executive producer of the advertising show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true, wacky world of marketing.
1: And uh, it's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show, our special guest Mike Boyleson, Executive Vice President, CMO JC Penny Corporation. It's all inside. That's that's something you guys have been using for quite a while, isn't it, Mike? Yes it is and I would
2: assume you probably will continue to want to use something well like that's that 's the rumor, Ray. We need to get clear on this
5: yeah, right? you know we, we, do we
2: have a scoop right here for us
5: we We had a lot of challenges as to whether or not we wanted to go forward with it, and we worked with the agency and we thought that the uh, tagline it 's all inside uh, still was true in fact. Uh, a lot of people associate that with J C Penny. It's just that we never articulated exactly what it meant or what it is. And so as we go forward with branding, uh we're gonna be more overt about what exactly is inside. But we think the line itself still applies as much today as it as it did when we came up with it. It's just that I think today we, we have the ability to deliver on the promise where we didn't when we first launched the uh the uh tagline. Very yeah, well,
2: Ray used to frequent a gentleman's club that used that no, same no, tagline. I stop think, that. but uh, anyway. Come here! I need the, to slap you. But
1: yeah, by, by uh, the way, Mike, are you? Uh, there's a suit in here for one forty nine ninety nine. The uh, suits and separates on sale this week at JCPenney. A, Is that's that's that something you're wearing? No, it's not by one. It's one forty nine ninety nine. Are you, are you wearing one of those today, Mike? I'm
5: wearing shorts and sandals and a polo shirt, and the Uh-oh. air conditioning's not on the office here, so Uh-oh. a suit would be very inappropriate right now. I understand
1: well. if you give your landlord extra money, they'll turn it on by the way. <laughs> I think they're
5: about. watching the expenses. Oh, see. Okay.
2: You know, Disney got some heat for, you know, some of the sweatshops they've been using lately, so maybe JCPenney will, come, you know, get some heat for what they're putting Mike through today. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, you were talking about the all-inside, uh, it's all-inside slogan, Ray and, and Mike, uh, which I thought was an interesting uh, deal coming up here. The, the uh, For all the sides of you campaign created by DDB Worldwide Chicago was a, a new twist on the familiar... JCPenney uh, box logo, it's all inside tagline. But t- you know, t- Talk a little bit about this. This is a great idea of taking your existing slogan and extending that as you talk about uh, adding some meaning to to what was once uh, a slogan that sounded cute and interesting but never really defined for consumers. What, what's the uh, strategy behind the For All the Sides of You campaign?
5: We worked with the agency about a year and a half ago and, and said, where do we really want to take this brand? And what we found was that we were not nearly customer-centric enough, and I think a lot of people talk about being customer-centric, but they they probably don't deliver, and so we fundamentally believe that uh, in order to make an emotional connection with our customer, we have to understand her life and what's important to her life, and so we realize that she's very busy, she's starved for time, uh, she has a casual life, she has a career life, she has a family life, so the woman that we're targeting has so many roles and parts of her life, and so we started to craft our uh, lifestyle merchandising and our marketing message around the relevant parts of her life. And so For All the Sides of You uh, became kind of an outgrowth of that. Hmm. Yeah, and
2: it's a, I thought it was a great idea of extending your, your original It's All Inside slogan. Are you planning on doing more of that? Should we expect more of that in the future?
5: Uh, yes, I would say we'll continue to build on, on that idea. And, again, we think the box, the logo that we have, uh, has a lot of equity, and it's, it's multidimensional, and we're going to continue to... Uh, speak to her from her point of view and let her know that we understand her life and that we have solutions. And we, we believe that uh, there's an awful lot of uh, uh, potential in that idea that, that can be developed. And we don't believe that switching things around every year is the way to go. You have to run deep and you have to be consistent with your brand message. And so, yes, I would say we would stay with that for quite a while.
2: Well, and if the estimates of budget are correct or even close, in seven years you had to have spent, you know, a couple billion dollars in, in that, uh, promoting that slogan. So yeah, there's some equity in that, in right. that uh, slogan for sure. Back to issues regarding budget. Uh, again, mentioned as last year's budget is, the, you know, 350, 360, uh, uh, 360 million dollars. Uh, this year, uh, I'm curious, uh, are you spending more or less than you did last year, Mike?
5: Uh, well, first of all, the numbers you 're giving are are very low. I think the numbers that you 're citing are the are the numbers from ad age and i think it 's reported media our Our actual budget 's much larger than that but it's uh, it 's uh, uh, relatively flat the last three years. but the big story is how we 're spending the money
2: well that was what I wanted to follow up with you. I know a lot of uh, companies are looking at non traditional media. And playing much more of an overall role of their media mix. how much of your budget now goes to non-traditional media?
5: Well I would say it's a very small part, but it's a it's a growing part and it's a very important part uh, things like product integration, the Meet Mr. Mom uh, we just sponsored the Teen Choice Awards, which is a big platform but also just the explosion of the internet and as the internet's becoming more of a mass vehicle with search engines and and with uh, with all the fragmentation of media right now now, uh, it's something that I think most retailers are going after, most businesses are going after, so I'd say it's going to become an increasingly important part of what we do.
2: Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, a, a differentiation of your previous uh, media dollars, uh, this year marks the fourth year that JCPenney has, has uh, launched its spring uh, advertising campaign during the Academy Awards, uh, obviously a more upscale audience, right. I would imagine. Uh, uh, I'm curious, uh, how, how does this uh, work with the rest of your Uh, Sponsorships. You also mentioned the the teen uh, program. Right.
5: Well, the Academy Awards is is really the Super Bowl for women. And as I said earlier, one of the things we have to do is to reach new customers. And it has such a huge uh, share among women in our target demo that uh, it, it gives us the ability on a very large platform and a large stage to, to really launch it. And then n- normally what we do is we'll have about a four-week sustaining effort. So we treat it very much like the Super Bowl. Some advertisers will debut new commercials on the Super Bowl, and then run them after that. We do the same thing in the spring each year. So the Academy Awards is kind of the stage where we kick off our spring fashion. And we think it's a big stage. And And uh, in the four weeks uh, after the Academy Award and the show itself, we reach about 85% of all the women in the United States in our target demo on average of five to six times. So it's a very powerful way to get your branding message out. And we think it's uh, it's a big part of our overall strategy.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a bold move for, for you guys to do that, and uh, certainly a, a great uh, strategy in, in reaching a new audience. You know, w- right now we're looking at the Back to School as being a, a time that we're in or just coming out of. The new Back to School commercials for Penny's uh, feature a logo with a copy, BTS All Access, BTS, of course, short for Back to School, and a reference to J C uh, JC, uh uh, Pallaccess dot com. Right. W- w- what will uh, kids find at this microsite? I'm, I'm uh, curious, and what's the strategy there?
5: It was. It's a branded website. Uh, what they'll find. That's the site we use to register for the Teen Choice Awards. We actually had a couple of kids in Arizona that presented one of the awards that night. The dance moves that are on the commercials on there, music downloads, but more and more kids are getting their, they're getting more videos off of the internet than they are from television. So our back to school. We ran a two-pronged approach, our national advertising targeted moms, the preprints and so forth. But that type of advertising really targets the kids in their environment. And uh, and so that's really what that was all about, was really uh, targeting the kids.
2: Well, I saw your TV the other day. I think it was on, uh, hmm, well, it was either CBS or NBC right. earlier in the week during primetime. It would have been CBS, I think uh anyway it was uh, a tv spot that really got my attention because as, we, as ray was saying earlier it was a uh a spot that really didn't get in your face with uh, who the advertiser was, and uh, that being you guys, of course, until mm-hmm. towards the end. But, yeah, it was attention-getting. Had some kids uh, dancing and hip, and hip and cool-looking kids, and uh, it, was a, it was a great spot. Uh, what do we have? About uh, 40 seconds left here, right? No, Not even that. Much not much even much that. Much so minutes. we'll just say goodbye to Mike and join us next week. We- no, we'll get- Mike, i got to tell you, it's been a pleasure. and. Uh, you know, next time you're in Houston, uh, share some of that uh, $500 million budget with Ray. He could use the money. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much really, for
1: having me. We'll run your ads. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> Mike Boylson, Executive Vice President, CMO, JC Penny Corporation. Go out there. Still time to shop this evening, as a matter of fact. That's I true. For just a little while. You know where to go. And it's uh, back in just a moment with more. We've got Andy Borowitz on the way at the advertising show. Stay with us.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
1: People depend on Subaru wagons than any imported wagon in America. And with good reason. They're reliable and durable. Em on, hit em up, hit em up, em on, em on, hit em up,
3: hit them up, In fact, if Subaru didn't make your life easier. It's the
1: advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, The classic Subaru spot. They've changed their, uh, their look and their style just a little bit, haven't they, Brad? Oh, yeah. I oh.
2: Ski in one of those every week. <laughs> Remember that? They were known as the skiing. Uh, they yeah, were, that's right. That's
1: right. I forgot about that.
2: The uh, official, let's see, the official vehicle for the United States Ski Team.
1: And isn't the new Subaru the one that's changing? It's it's like a uh, oh gosh, it's the X Nine something or other, and it's making all other SUVs obsolete. Really? Gee, well, I, that, I'll believe that. Joe <laughs> Jaffe is uh, next week. Um, author of uh, Life After the Thirty Second Spot. It's very easy. He's got an episodic book coming, you know, Life, life yeah. After the 30, Life After the 15, Life After 10. the 10, and then Life After Spots. Yeah.
2: Well, Life After Publishing.
1: <laughs> so Joe Jaffe will be good. Mike Boyleson was great, and he was so kind to go into his non-air-conditioned building in Plano, Texas, where it's probably only about 150 degrees outside. Uh, today. Yeah, it's a sweatshop
2: up there in Penny's uh, Plano office. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he's, he's making all the five-something an hour. Come on. Dreyer's Ice Cream. This is kind of cute. You get a kick out of this. Dreyer's Ice Cream Holdings, the nation's largest manufacturer of ice cream, says... Frosty Paws frozen treats for dogs mm-hmm. is its most profitable bl- brand. Frosty Paws frozen treats. I've never mm-hmm. seen one of those.
2: Well, check our freezer.
1: Oh, they're there. Okay. Well, used to be. You, we we I give put our my dogs. Foot down. Here's a note I to put Brad. My paw down. Here's what? a note to Brad. Give them ice cubes; they don't know the difference. Okay,
2: Uh, yeah, you're telling me. My my wife thinks they know how long we've been gone. I say, well, check their, you know, Timex on their wrist. There, you'll you'll (laughs) see they really don't have an idea how long you've been gone. (laughs) No, I don't
1: think so. The 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 General Motors and the Ford uh, uh, scaling back the um, employee discount incentives. I think it's the sixth or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chrysler CEO uh, Thomas W. Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. How about that? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so I bet that's how he got the job. Says the Daimler Chrysler unit may continue to offer the discount through September. Okay, mm. so they're, they're going to extend that because, you know, they got started late, you see.
2: It's like a drug. You get on it, you can't get off.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And one more thought here before we feature uh, Andy Borowitz. Mm-hmm. How much is your forehead worth? Well,
2: uh, It depends. Uh, oh, well, wait a minute. Depends That's may want That's a different part of the body. yeah. Yes.
1: Lease your body. A Miami startup uh, is hoping attractive people will wear temporary tattoos, 100 to 5,000 to generate a buzz for advertisers. Comedy founder Alex Fisher says more than 25 people have already signed up for the program since March. Leash Your body has yet to link any contacts with advertisers. <laughs> mm-hmm. They got the bodies, they don't have any advertisers. though. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad.
2: Well, it used to be uh, what? It used to be auctioned on eBay. Now a company was created for that. So, pretty S- good idea. I think that's really interesting. No though. advertisers, but good idea.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's do we we've got a, a few minutes here before the top of the hour. Let's uh, check in with Andy Borowitz now.
3: Hi. This is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. So-called
1: runaway bride Jennifer Wilbanks attempted to run away again this week, but changed her mind at the last minute when she saw just how high gas prices had risen, a friend of Ms. Wilbanks confirmed. The friend who spoke on condition of anonymity said that Ms. Wilbanks had been feeling antsy of late and was preparing her escape route from Georgia when she pulled into a local gas station and was shocked by the prices at the pump. When Jennifer ran away the first time back in April, gas prices were about 50 cents cheaper per gallon, the friend said. When she saw that the prices were up near three bucks, she realized that this time around she simply could not afford to run away. According to the friend, Ms. Wilbanks was outraged that the rise in gas prices had prevented her from running away and was preparing to make it a political issue. Jennifer believes that if you want to run away from your wedding, high gas prices shouldn't prevent you from doing it, the friend said. There's something un-American about that. Ms. Wilbanks considered traveling to Crawford, Texas to demand a meeting with President Bush but ultimately balked because of the high gas prices. According to a White House aide, Jennifer Wilbanks not showing up at Crawford is pretty much the only good news the president has gotten this past week. Elsewhere, the soft drink industry said it would cut back on selling sugary drinks at elementary and middle schools and would instead focus on making people obese
3: at shopping malls. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of The Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying... Keep it fake, baby.
1: We're wrapping up the advertising show. Ray Shellen's, Brad Forsyth, and hope uh, you'll be able to join us uh, next week with uh, Joe Jaffe, author of Life After the 32nd Spot.
2: Well, you, know, you know, Borowitz, uh, I think I do now understand that bug-eyed, vacant look on Jennifer Wilbank's uh, face, that being the runaway runaway bride. At you don't think it's a thyroid the, problem or anything well, like that? it's a that. gas pump. She just looked at the gas oh, pump. Oh, the
1: gas device. pump, I get
2: it. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Very interesting. She, she was mowing, grass. She, speaking of gas, sir, yep. she was mowing grass, uh, mowing a lawn uh, as part of her, uh, you know, what, what do they Penalty? call it? Penalty? Uh, yeah. Her work release her punishment. program? Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Interesting. Yeah, she was mowing some some courthouse
2: lawn. and uh, I think she was smoking grass. No, I don't think so. I don't say no. that. No. She'll come back and sue you. <laughs> but you will sue me because my name's Ray Shillings, and i okay, get the best okay, lawyer okay. in town. Okay, okay, okay.
1: okay Jaworski guy. Yeah. Uh, media spending <laughs> to top a trillion bucks in 2008. You, I can have him, can I? By 2008, total consumer spending on media, TVs, DVDs, CDs, video games, books, internet, and cinema expected to top one trillion dollars per capita. Spending hitting a uh, thousand annually by 2009. That's according to the
2: Annual Communications Industry Forecast. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So, You know, we we didn't mention anything about uh, the passing of Peter Jennings on last week's show, but I've got to tell you, all of those specials that we saw on TV a few weeks ago, it really was a, a tribute to what was probably not a well-known fact of, of how great of a guy he was and how he really was a, a broadcast journalist, journalist, as they like to say, and a lot of those programs that were on the air, uh, the week uh, following uh, Peter Jennings' passing uh, garnered high ratings, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was great that the public finally got to know what uh, many people within the industry, within the journalism, Already broadcast knows. journalism industry, yeah. had always known, which is the guy's a, a wonderful journalist and has high standards, and uh, who would have ever known the guy quit uh, high school? A lot of people knew he was Canadian, but he quit high school, and elevated himself to become one of the top, most well-respected journalists in the world.
1: You can do whatever you want to do. So sure. just be careful what you wish for, right? Something like right. that. Uh, next week, as we said, the Joe Jaffe, author of Life After the 30-Second Spot, in honor of Mike Boylson's uh, visit today at the advertising show uh, for uh, J.C. Penney, the CMO Executive VP, we invite you to go out and buy some pants or something. Okay? At least underwear. Whatever, something. Just mm. buy something. The poor sure. guy's working on Sunday. Come on. Socks. Well, they sell those, too. Absolutely. Uh, again, Joe Jaffe next week. And, uh, by the way, visit the AdvertisingShow.com website. You'll find out more about the podcast and the RSS feeds as well, uh, which uh, I believe, Brad, is active right now. Is that correct? Yeah, or we're working soon to be. We're working. Working. Yeah. we're working. working hard. Yeah. Advertising Show, brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at AdAge.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.